This is At The Table, a play reading series by Charging Loose Media. Before we begin, we just want to let you know that we're doing things a little bit differently with this episode. The first part, part one, will be the interview with Diana O, the creator of my lingerie play. And then the second part, part two, will be Ned and Rachel talking to Diana specifically about my lingerie play, and then Diana doing excerpts from the piece. We also want to let you know that these episodes do include strong language and adult themes. So if you're listening with kids, maybe this isn't a great episode to listen to. We hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Hey. Well, we are in the middle of, I would call it the greatest blizzard that New York has ever seen. It's the Great Nor'easter. It's the Great Blizzard of this year. Of 2017. Well, actually, that's probably false, too. It's the Great Blizzard since summer. Yeah, it's like maybe an inch and a half right now. Yeah. Is this a blizzard? No. Oh. I just like making weather it's a snow. Sound. There is snow. It is snowing. It is currently it's snowing. snowing. It's the first snow of the season, so New York is losing its collective mind, which is exciting. Cars refuse to cam- come to Astoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here really? we are. Yeah, but here we are. We are here in Astoria. This is Rachel. I'm Ned. Diana. We're yeah! here with Diana. <laughs> we are here this morning. We are so excited. Actually so stoked. I'm going to use I statements, and and uh, I am so excited. Is that something your therapist yeah, told you Don't speak for me. Do? I am also excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just didn't want to collectively say we are excited. Marcus, are you excited? Marcus gave a thumbs up. He's not on microphone. <laughs> We're excited to have Diana O with us today. Diana is in... Actress, writer, creator, performance artist, activist, just badass um, that we, uh, we are very, very, very lucky to have with us today. Hi. Hello. Uh, we, uh, you may or may not have just heard a little bit of an intro talking about sort of what's been happening at the podcast recently. Yeah, fun li- fact. We recorded a whole episode of Marcus, Rachel, and I, and then uh, I didn't edit it. Yeah, and then maybe we just didn't. <laughs> so you've either heard that or you haven't We don't know point. what's, what's happened entirely, when this episode goes out. It's a big question mark. Uh, so we are here today because we wanted to pick your brain about uh, theater and life and who you are and how you're feeling and where your brain's at. And also, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your incredible piece, uh, My Lingerie Play, uh, which just had um, its latest incarnation, its latest installation at Rattlestick Playwrights Theater. Yeah? Yeah. You just finished a run. Congratulations. Um, uh, how are you today? How you feeling? Where you at? I'm really good. I feel um, an immense amount of childlike curiosity, which I think is really healthy. And I think um, what happens is we all get stuck and we stop practicing our curiosity muscle. So I'm here to be curious. Before we get your thoughts like on 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 the theater world as a whole though, like uh, uh, hi, who I, are you? Can you please introduce yourself to the world? Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Diana. O, last name O, Diana O. Uh, I'm an artist. I'm a performer. I like to use a gender-neutral actor. Um, I um, am a songwriter. I'm a singer. I'm a theater maker. Uh, I'm a producer of my own work. I'm a director of my own work. Uh, and like, uh, I'm just trying to deepen my call to humanity as a human being. Where are you from? I'm from L.A. From L.A.? I'm from California. Uh, When I graduated high school, um, you know, it was like, I got to (laughs) go. And then I went to an all-women's college at Smith College, um, and that was my entryway into the East Coast. 
So I've been here ever since on the East Coast. And like I always knew I was going to end up in New York. And it's so weird talking and then you hear your voice and it's like, oh my God, am I being too loud? And it's like one of those things. No, am we I mix taking it. up too much space? You're not at all. We mix it. We mix it. Also, you're not. So oh, that's, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, you talk a little bit in your show about um, kind of headed from heading from high school to Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm from um, I'm from pretty close to Smith. Like that's mm-hmm. where I grew up. And I just kept thinking during your show how much, which I saw. And one of the reasons that we wanted to have you is I I have never had as as transporting a night like in a in a theater space as Whoa. I did when I saw your show. Where'd uh, you go? I uh, just like someplace very. Uh, very safe. I felt very truly. I you as a as a performer. So I had got you here so that I could compliment you on mic, and you had to sit there and listen to it. Um, yeah. Um, you uh create, and this was like mentioned in all the places that wrote up about your show, which I know you have some thoughts about. So I'd love to get your thoughts about that today for sure. But um, one of the things I think that um everything I read got right was that you create a full space. You created a full space with your director. Oh, could you uh, uh, give us your director's name on my, cause I don't have it written down here. Sure. Sure. Um, they were my co-director for installation number nine for mm-hmm. the concert. Um, and their name is Orion Johnstone. And, uh, you know, so, um, so to catch you up to speed, so my lingerie play is 10 underground performance installations in my lingerie staged in an effort to provide a safer, more courageous world for women, queer, trans, non-binary humans for us all to live in. And there were eight street installations preceding the concert. Mm-hmm. And so this past year, um, with the support of the Venturous Capital Grant, I was able to take these installations on the road and travel with them. And so we staged um, them in Times Square and New Orleans and outside of the White House and uh, in rural Virginia. That was all this year? That was all this year, wow, yeah. So right. we did like installations in Times Square that, you know, um, even if you found me like this, you still can't rape me, where we had. Um, uh, a, a group of, uh, of people across all genders, across the gender spectrum in their lingerie um, in Times Square, in their lingerie with paper bags that said, even if you found me like this, you still can't rape me. And so um, just kind of made like stage images with bodies and that. And um, we put a giant um, sculpture of... My vulva in Times Square on Mother's Day saying, even if you found me like, um, no, wait, no, <laughs> different messaging saying, <laughs> but like, still true. Yeah, right still on true. the money, but. Still true. Still true. Don't rape this vulva. Um, that said, you came from here and we did that on Mother's Day um, and I met. By like a seat, just like it's just shit that like you cannot account for, which is why I love street performance so much because it just is like such a metaphor for life where it's like stay flexible, go in with a plan, like go in with a goal, but also like life happens, roll with it, you know, just like be your best self, rise to the occasion, like connect with people, everything is good, it's all good. Um, don't lose your mind, like it's going to be all right. And then I ended up, we kept on getting chased out by the police. And this was after we had already staged three different installations and I had done like all this work in 2014 with all these installations. Like I've stood in Times Square in my lingerie and like 
with groups of people, you know, it's been mm-hmm. done. Um, but once the giant Volva cast came out, it the by the cast, I mean, like the, now introducing the, cast the Volva, of yeah, Volva, the musical, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once the like Volva sculpture came out, suddenly the police were like, <gasps> "You can't do that." Um, and we kept getting chased out from all our designated spots. And what a that we metaphor for Times Square, too. Like the idea that the things next to you that weren't getting kicked out. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. this idea, this concept of like a 30 foot tall Victoria's <sighs> Secret angel, I- acceptable for Times Square, a cast of your vulva, unacceptable, unacceptable for Times Square. Yeah. I mean, they did say the line, they did like actually tell us, like, yeah, like, you know, she can stand her underwear, but like not a vagina, you know, like you can't. So these uh, installations were happening. On the street, they were happening in various places. You yeah. went down to D.C. I went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, so the Volvo thing happened and yeah. then it was like not a vagina, but then I ended up meeting. So we kept on getting chased out, chased out, chased out by um, by authorities being like, you can't put that vagina here. You can't put that vagina there. Um, even though anatomically it's a vulva. So I should say vulva. Um, and then I ended up running into, you no know, meeting. So this woman stopped and she was like staring at the vulva. And then the videographer was like, do you want to talk to anybody? And I was like, no, I don't. I'm really not in the mood. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, well, now you're challenging me. So, yes, I do. Okay, fine. I will. <laughs> and the first person I ever talked to the entire day, I went up to her and I was like, you know, she was like really taking it in and just staring at it, you know. And I was like, how are you? What's up? And she was like, well, it's like it's really correct. Like it's very anatomically correct. And then she was like, you know, because my, my son, I adopted him from – Korea, because it was Mother's Day, and yeah, I adopted him from Korea, and I was like, oh my gosh, my aunt used to run an adoption agency, and she was like, which one? And I was like, love the children, and then it was like immediate tears, immediate recognition, love the children was the adoption agency that my aunt, Cecilia Park, and my godmother, Mary Graves, ran together, and Cecilia Park handed this woman's child to this woman. Oh my my God. aunt oh my handed God. her baby you know what I mean? And she was crying, crying, ferociously crying. And she was like, when Cecilia, because Cecilia passed away, I think it was about like five years ago. And she's like, when Cecilia passed away, I thought I lost like all connection to my son. And it was just like, what are the odds that we got chased out literally from like four different places? We did not need to, whatever, you know? And then, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's, that's a story oh, from man. that. And then in DC, yeah, in DC, it was. It was a whole team to make it happen. Another shout out is for what you're going to you're going to learn, and what we're going to unveil here is that um, even though I stand for my lingerie play, there's like such an incredible team behind sure, all the stuff to make it happen. So the shout out now is for Nathaniel P. Claridad, who was one of our community outreach people, and he was really my right hand man in um, the casting of everything and like the extra work that goes into. Making sure you have people represent the politics you want represented, you know, and it really became like a full time job to sure. I, uh, okay, I'll just say it. It was like we would do these casting calls, and I mean like casting calls with quotation marks because we're getting air quotes for the listeners. Yep. Great, thank you. <laughs> but you did put them very close to the mic. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you can hear the air quotes. <laughs> There it is. Those are the air quotes. Okay. So um, we would do these casting calls and, uh, and you know, and, and like, and, and the default were that it was just a bunch of cisgendered white people who would be like, nee, 
you know, and it was like, awesome, yeah, you, and also not as much, <laughs> you know. So Nathaniel and I just had to do a lot of personal outreach to find um, our our, our people of color and our people across the, the gender spectrum, you know, who did not fit into binaries. And what I learned, this was one of the greatest lessons because Nathaniel and I were faced with like a, what is happening and why why do we have to work so hard to find our people, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the, um, uh, whatever, one of the lessons we learned was like, Oftentimes, people of color or um, our trans friends or our non-binary friends would be like, oh, I didn't know that applied to me. Even though here I am as like a queer Korean American creator and like the face of this project and like the idea maker behind this project, um, it's still feeling like the default is white, cis, men, straight. You know what I mean? And and that just feeling like, um, like the opportunity is for them and not for others. And once we did like the personal reach outs, once we'd made this language really specific, I mean like really specific down Mm -hmm. to like each race and down to like each um, gender identity, down to like each sexual orientation identity, that's when people would write in and be like, oh, this is an actual safe space for me. This is actually something meant for me and somewhere that I will be elevated and appreciated and not just like trampled on and treated like shit, you know, because that's the other thing is like, cool, so I'm going to sign up for this project and like, who knows how I'm going to be treated, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a lot of like emailing groups and emailing um, communities and emailing like really specific people and being like, we appreciate you. Will you please like come fold in with us and just letting them feel like we see you, we hear you, we want you. So you you put out these really specific calls. You got a gr- a team together, a group together for DC. Yeah. So we got we got a group together because we what we were trying to do, what we did set out to do, and did was a um, LGBTQI makeout session in front of the White House. You know, and we were just going to be super unapologetic and really loud, and we worked our asses off to make sure that we weren't just showing a bunch of like white gays, you know, or like, we're like, it was just so crucial and important. And, um, I'm so proud. Like, I'm just, when I look at, um, like our group, I just feel so like it helps me feel seen. It's just like, yeah, this is what it looks like when I go to a kink party. Like this is what my life looks like. And this is what makes me feel brave, you know, Yeah, is when I'm a part of circles like this, where it's not saying like no whiteness allowed. It's saying like, yes, whiteness allowed. And also we need to decenter it, you know? Um, The word and is super important. I feel like it's like, it, it like yes and right. the, like though we right. have like, like <laughs> quick moment of like yes but also like we need more friends so then can i ask who was the um who did you want to see the installation um outside of the white house was it for was it for the white house was it about the juxtaposition in front of was it for tourists was it for people who felt uh, it, it, wh- wh- where where did you want 
Who did you want looking at it? All of that. Yeah. Everyone. It's for the person who's going to see it on the internet in rural Virginia, who is like, oh my God, I deserve to live. Sure. I literally deserve to live. You know, like, and I just, one of um, the, I have these like principles that I come up with and I live by and I try to just like tell myself them every day because life is hard, right? It's just like, I believe there is, I believe there is organic art and inorganic art and I am in the business of local farming. <laughs> like, that's it. You know, I want to create honestly and truthfully and from my heart and I want to be human and I want my art to literally melt the walls down and I want it to make um, kinder things happen in the world. Yeah. And that's not to say that like I'm not angry because I think a lot of getting to kindness is working through the anger and recognizing it. And this is something that my therapist told me two days ago where, you know, I was talking to her about like, why? Shout I, out. Shout, shout out, out to my therapist. <laughs> shout out to everyone's therapist right now. Just a tremendous shout, shout, out. shout out to the mental health industry. Oh, thank you for existing. Thanks very, very much. But I was telling her, um, I call it my namaste shit, where I was like, you know, I do all this namaste shit where like I meditate every morning and all this stuff. And there was this one morning where Deepak Chopra was like, today I will not judge. There is no us and them. And I was like, bitch, Deepak, like that shit does not apply to me today. Like I cannot not judge and like not make an us and them thing right now. Sometimes there's a them. Sometimes there is a them. And like looking the way that I look, I am Korean American. I am female presenting. I'm going to deal with fucked up shit. And I have dealt with a lot of fucked up shit in artistic rooms. And, you know, and she was like, Interesting. And she literally said, okay, I'm about to give you thousands of dollars of advice right now on this podcast. Oh, man, what a steal. What a steal, right? Aren't you glad you listen, listeners? Um, so she was all like, Diana, I think you use the meditation because you literally call it namaste shit. I think you're using it to run away from your anger, to like deflect from it, to not confront the things that you're actually like holding on to. You're using it to kind of be like, everything is fine. There's, you know, la, la, la. Um, and she was like, and I think you need to like let yourself feel the anger before you jump to Calm. Calm. Sure. You know what I mean? And she was like, you haven't even given yourself the the time to like acknowledge and voice the things that, that you're going through or have gone through, you know? And when she said that, I like actually felt really relieved where I was like, oh my God, I don't have to like have it all be okay, you know? Right. Like I'm allowed to feel valid. Returning to when I saw the installation at Rattlestick, the safety that I felt very much, and I don't think I was alone. There were people uh, actually giving voice to this because you have wonderful moments where your audience gets to speak to you in in the in the piece. Uh, that safety was like a safe space you created and Orion created um, for people to be angry in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not the entire time, not for the duration. It didn't feel like a rage, um, <coughs> like, oh, I guess rage is my... Is my um, place now this is where I live it felt like there was an opportunity there was um a gift of safety Mm -hmm. you guys really gave the audience to experience anger on the way to hopefully something else Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. which I found really really fascinating so then shout out to Daniela Topol Victor Cervantes Jr. and Annie Middleton the three of them are running Rattlestick and what they allowed me to do was they support fearlessness they're like we don't need you to cater to anybody honor your shit 
honor your truth. What do you need? Yeah. You know, um, and that is a gift because where else as an artist uh, are you going to get to be produced in that way? Well, I, I, I very much believe in the part where we make sure our artists are, you know, feeling good and feeling okay. So breakfast is here. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's take a little bit. We'll let you eat some food. And then when we come back, we would be psyched and honored if you would do some, some uh, material from my lingerie play. Okay. At the Table is produced by Charging Moose Media, telling great stories through new media. It was edited by Ned Donovan, mixed by Marcus Thornbagala. This episode was recorded at The Buddy Project in Astoria, Queens. Our hosts, as always, are Rachel Flynn and Ned Donovan. We'd like to thank Diana O for coming in and sharing my lingerie play with us. As always, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Every little bit helps towards bringing you great new works by emerging playwrights. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.